0: Welcome to today's edition of the My Ag Life Daily News Report. I'm your host, Lori Boyer. In addition to feature reports, I'll bring you a look at regional and national agricultural news. And the show starts right after this.
1: We know it's been tough managing inputs and resources lately. That's why we're inviting you to the Inputs Ag Summit on January 10th in Fresno, California. This event is a lifeline for specialty crop growers, PCAs, CCAs, and applicators alike. It's your opportunity to get help in today's challenging landscape. What will you find at the Inputs Ag Summit? Cost-saving seminars, exhibitors eager to help, networking with experts, special panel discussions, and solutions for hard times. Visit myaglife.com events today to sign up for this new and exciting conference. That's myaglife.com events. AgroPlante is the leading manufacturer in specialty products. AgroPlante formulates products that rise to the challenge of today's growing conditions. Saline and sodic soils reduce crop yield and cause significant crop losses. AgroPlante developed Cat Ion EX5 Plus with growers in mind to manage soil salinity. With multiple years of research, Cat Ion EX5 Plus has proven to be an excellent source of calcium and an effective soil salinity manager. Run it through drip irrigation without any issues. Simplify your application method with innovative and efficient formulations. Alleviate salinity stress with CAT ION EX5 Plus. AgroPlante. Imagination. Innovation. Science in action.
0: The Natural Resources Conservation District in California is accepting applications for the Environmental Quality Incentives Program through February 16th of 2024. This funding is in addition to the millions available to California's agricultural producers through regular Environmental Quality Incentives Program and the new Inflation Reduction Act. NRCS California is committed to assisting agricultural producers address critical resource needs across the state and these three popular initiatives go even further with strategic enhancements on farms and ranches, according to NRCS California State Conservationist Carlos Suarez. In addition, these three initiatives bring important water quality and organic partners to the table to help them to better meet the needs of producers. Through EQIP, there are millions available for conservation practices and initiatives, including NRCS and Bureau of Reclamation water Smart partner projects to help improve water infrastructure, delivery, and application on farms. Three new projects selected for 2024 include. include. Include areas in Fresno and Tulare counties. The National Water Quality Initiative for targeted conservation actions to improve water quality and the new Organic Transition Initiative that helps interested farmers transition to organic farming methods. EQUIP provides financial assistance to agricultural producers to address natural resource concerns and deliver environmental benefits. These include improved water and air quality, improved irrigation efficiency, reduced soil erosion and sedimentation, forest restoration, and creating or enhancing wildlife habitat. Interested landowners should contact their local NRCS offices as soon as possible. Red Door Interactive, a San Diego marketing agency has been selected by California Grown to lead its awareness efforts to promote 470 different California Grown agricultural products. California Grown, a nonprofit launched in 2001 by a collection of farmers, ranchers, and agricultural marketers, is a taxpayer supported organization that builds awareness, enthusiasm, preference, and appreciation for California Grown agricultural products. A statement said Red Door will support California Grown's campaign strategy, creative execution, and paid media management to increase consumers' preference for California products. California supplies more than 50% of produce consumed in the U.S., more than 80% of wine made in the U.S., and ranks first in sustainable dairy production, according to Red Door. Supply of bell peppers in North America are normal for this time of the year, and in fact, supply has gone up slightly. Right now, production is underway in Coachella, and in the east, production is increasing for bell peppers out of Florida, while Georgia's production has been impacted by Hurricane Idelia. Mexico started production slightly earlier due to planning times, and it's anticipated the overall volume for Mexico to be at or below prior year levels due to the weaker U.S. dollar against the Mexican peso. Meanwhile, Canadian greenhouse production will finish up here this week, and the beginning Of next, but supply will continue from Mexico as well as Spain. As for demand, it is average for bell peppers, though consumption will increase for the coming weeks, specifically the Christmas New Year holidays, while pricing is on par now, but is expected to increase for the holidays. Four California congressmen recently asked U.S. Secretary of Agriculture Tom Vilsack to have the U.S. Department of Agriculture buy $100 million worth of California navels. The orange purchase would help alleviate the impacts of storms. The letter from Congressman Jim Costa, David Valadeo, Doug LaMoffa, and Josh Harder says that they are writing in support of the Section 32 request submitted by California citrus growers for USDA purchase of high-quality USDA-grade Number 2 California navels to alleviate some of the market impacts of historic storms earlier this year from january through may of 2023 periods of heavy rainfall caused by multiple atmospheric rivers in california resulted in floods that affected parts of southern california the california central coast and northern california as a result of the storms california citrus groves were greatly impacted by increased damage from citrus thrips again that is direct from the letter A reminder, the California Department of Food and Agriculture, in collaboration with the State Board of Food and Agriculture, will be hosting the first of five public listening sessions to receive comments that will help define regenerative agriculture for state policies and programs. As interest in regenerative agriculture continues to grow, they are seeing the introduction and evolution of the term in California policies and programs. The first session will take place on December 6th. It begins at noon Pacific time. For information and to register, contact the California Department of Food and Agriculture.
2: Farmers would look at their soil and their trees as plants too that they want to run as efficiently as possible. And I can tell you that through our integrating of the various ag technologies, we've learned things on questions we weren't asking. Right, So there was information that we've gathered from these technologies only because they were brought together that allowed us to to answer questions we weren't even asking.
3: There's a lot of ag tech out on the market and choosing from options is hard enough. However, there is a growing consensus that different pieces of ag tech, whether it's a monitoring technology or an irrigation scheduling technology or a sensor, or anything else that produces a data set for the grower function better when data sets are combined rather than separated brian bassett of farm at rx is a proprietor of this ideology
2: you know when we take individual ag technologies by themselves and i'll just use a, a sensor let, we, we don't even have to say whether it's a soil or a plant sensor let's just say a sensor which many organizations in this building today provide to growers And and we take that sensor and we go out to an 80-acre field and we randomly place that sensor. Or maybe we select that good area or we select what the farmer calls the bad area. And and we, we locate that sensor in that area The sensor now has limited value because it, well, one, either represents a good area or a bad area, or it's randomly placed. In the case of random placement, we most often find that farmers stop using the technology. So let's take that sensor and let's map that soil first. So let's take a geophysical device and let's make a map of that soil. And We make that map of that soil. We now can look at that and say, okay, we know where the variability exists in this field. And if we take those sensors now and locate them based off of that variability, the sensors now provide a much uh, stronger information chain to us for us to make decisions on, okay? Because we now know that why is that one sensor showing very little water in the soil. Oh, it's a sand. It doesn't hold very much water, so it's supposed to show us that. And why is that one area showing us that water will not penetrate beyond three feet? Oh, because there's a layer down there, and so we now know and have an expectation from that sensor. Well, imagine then if we then took imagery. In our case, our company provides daily satellite imagery, uh, NDVI's, okay? And imagine if you have a map of the soil and you've located the sensors in these very specific areas of the field. And now we take daily imagery, and we provide you NDVI imagery of that field. That increases the value now of both the mapping, the sensor, and the NDVI technology. Whereas if I take any of those technologies by themselves, their value is very limited, and the actual return on investment to the grower is very limited. Not because soil mapping isn't a good technology, But where do you derive the value from that soil mapping? You derive it from integrating another technology into it. Most of the growers around here use pressure bombs. To our company, a pressure bomb is a very valuable piece of technology and is very important to our process. However, we don't use it to schedule irrigations. We use it to calibrate sensors to our daily images that are properly placed in the soils based on the differences uh, that we identified in the soil mapping process. So, again. All of these technologies have tremendous value. Um, Our company then also moves clients into automation. Uh, Automation is a fantastic technology, but if you don't have an accurate water requirement um, because you don't have the proper technology in the field sensor-wise to derive a scheduling system from it, it becomes very difficult to use that technology. And so integrated ag tech to us means that properly identifying the use case for each ag technology Putting them with other technologies that support and or uh, create a, cal- a catalyst for a greater outcome, right?
3: While AgTech can see some of the most obvious benefits in operations with high variability, Bassett said sometimes it allows the user to see something they didn't even know was there, especially when different data sets are combined.
2: Just as Apple makes iPhones highly highly efficiently in their various uh, plants around the world, uh, farmers would look at their soil and their trees as plants, too, that they want to run as efficiently as possible. And I can tell you that through our integrating of the various ag technologies, we've learned things on questions we weren't asking, right? So there was information that we've, we've gathered from these technologies only because they were brought together that allowed us to to answer questions we weren't even asking. Um, I think for our technology, what makes it uh, uniquely different is we don't talk to growers about analysis and correlations, okay? We don't show growers graphs. Um, Our system is a color-coded system with numbers, and if you can know that red is, is stress and green is good then you can use our, our software and our application because it's, it's people who don't speak English can use our software. And it's not in Spanish, but yeah. it can be utilized by them just because they can look at the colors and, and determine, see the values and, and, and make their judgments just as easily as someone who speaks fluent English. So yeah. to me, that's where we need to go in the future. I think that's the only way that we further add technology and and the implementation and practice of it. Uh, Two things. One, integrating the various technologies so that they work together seamlessly on one platform. Two, ease of use. Farmers aren't data analysts. They're not data scientists. Showing them a bunch of graphs is very interesting. I love graphs. I'm a total data geek. So if you show me graphs all day long, I'll dig it most farmers what they want is they want a recommendation and so we provide a recommendation
3: you're listening to my ag life i'm taylor charlstrom
2: we're waking up to a new dawn in agriculture a better way where farmers stop working the soil and start working with it at huma our carbon rich humate based products improve soil health and fertility deliver nutrients more efficiently and reduce crop input costs Welcome to Humix Solutions with a human touch. Visit Huma.us to learn more.
0: Pear Bureau Northwest is announcing the 2023 celebration of its annual World Pear Day coming up this Saturday, December 2nd. Kicking off the 19th annual National Pear Month, this year's World Pear Day offers consumers around the world the opportunity to celebrate with pears through live chef demos of new pear recipes. For the 8th annual World Pear Day celebration, USA Pears will once again be partnering with the online platform Kitch to showcase six popular chefs preparing a variety of global dishes, according to Jeff Correa. International Marketing Director at PBNW. The six hour long video demo parathon will feature recipes from Mexico, Canada, India, Southeast Asia, and the US. Headlining the event will be a demo by Chef Mariano Sandoval from Mexico. Kitch will live stream six hours of interactive demonstrations beginning at 12 p.m. Pacific time and going until 6 p.m. PBNW also has invited industry members and influencers to participate during a virtual chef's table during the event. Following the event, a downloadable cookbook featuring new recipes will be available at usapairs.org. Pear lovers around the world will also be able to celebrate by posting their own love of pears using hashtag World Pear Day and hashtag National Pear Month. December is an optimal time to celebrate National Pear Month due to the abundance and variety of USA pears, which are at their peak and are available worldwide. Company sales in the fourth quarter of fiscal year 2023 fell year over year, though the earnings per share did increase. The company says in a report that revenue in the three months ending on September 30th was reported at $15.41 billion, 1% lower than the same quarter last year. The equipment manufacturer also says earnings rose to $8.26 a share from $7.44 a year earlier. Production and precision agriculture sales in the fourth quarter fell 6% to $6.97 billion. Small agriculture and turf revenue was down 13% year-over-year to $3.09 billion, and construction and forestry sales rose 11% to $3.74 billion. Production and precision agriculture sales decreased in the fourth quarter due to lower shipment volumes partially offset by price realization, according to Deere. Full-year sales for Deere jumped 16% to $61.25 billion, while earnings came in at $34.63 a share versus $23.28, cents a year ago. The USDA released its farm labor survey and the news isn't good for agriculture. Farm News reporter Chad Smith has more on the higher wage rates that farmers and ranchers will pay in 2024.
2: The USDA says farmers who hire H-2A laborers next year will be paying higher wages and in some cases the increase is large. Veronica Nye, senior economist with the American Farm Bureau Federation, talks about the increasing costs of farm labor.
4: USDA's farm labor survey told us that wage rates across the United States in all states in all regions increased in 2023. The Farm Labor Survey tells us that in 2024, farmers in 13 states will pay more than a dollar more per hour to their H2A employees than they did this year. Farmers in 31 states will pay between 50 cents and a dollar more. Only in six states is the increase for next year less than 50 cents?
2: She says this is a very important survey for production agriculture.
4: USDA's Farm Labor Survey is utilized by the Department of Labor to establish the adverse effect wage rate that growers must pay H-2A workers through the temporary visa program. So these wage rates are really make or break for farmers as to whether or not the wage rates they pay out through the H-2A program are going to be viable for for their business.
2: Some regions of the country will see a larger increase in H2A wage rates than others.
4: Wage rates went up in every region. The smallest increase was for the Corn Belt region where we saw wage rates rise a quarter, which was a 1.4% increase. The largest percentage increase was in Hawaii. Hawaiians are going to pay $1.49 per hour more next year for the H2A program than they did this year. Chad Smith, Washington. U.S. Dairy
0: Access to Canada under the United States-Mexico-Canada Agreement has been limited under a ruling handed down by a dispute settlement panel concluding Canada's latest tariff rate quota moves do not violate its obligations under the U.S.-Mexico-Canada Agreement. The new dispute ruling is the latest in the cross-border maneuvers by Canada that have limited U.S. dairy exports as Canadian officials continue finding new ways to protect their supply management system in the dairy industry. Friday's ruling comes after a January 2020 ruling in the United states in favor against Canada over claims that Canada had improperly restricted its market to U.S. dairy products. Canada adjusted some of its dairy tariff rate quota rules, which the U.S. dairy industry and the Biden administration maintained still fell short of Canada's market obligations under the USMCA. The latest dispute panel concluded Canada's changes are not consistent with the dairy provisions of the trade deal. Canada has promised U.S. dairy farmers access to roughly 3.5% of the Canadian market. The US then challenged Canada after the Canadians also set up a system that split the lion's share of tariff rate quotas among Canadian processors that U.S. companies say restricted their access to the market. After the 2022 ruling, Canada made some minor adjustments that U.S. officials and the U.S. dairy industry maintain still limit U.S. access. The latest dispute ruling sided with Canada. What sort of food price inflation situation will shoppers see in 2024? USA Ag News reporter Gary Crawford. Food
3: shoppers next year will likely see a slowdown in food price inflation at the grocery store. But we don't expect food prices to decline overall in 2024. But Agriculture Department economist Megan Schweitzer says next year's food price picture will be a lot more shopper-friendly after what we've seen the last couple of years. 2022, an average 11.5% price hike. This year, another 5% hike. But for 2024, we expect food at home or grocery
0: prices to increase by 1.6%.
3: That would be below the historical norm of about a 2% yearly food price hike. Why this low food price forecast? Largely, it's that some of the, the challenges that the food system and food prices were experiencing have, have started to work themselves out. Challenges such as COVID-19, the supply chain problems that came from that. World wheat markets have settled down after the initial shock from the war in Ukraine. And this year, we've seen very few outbreaks of bird flu in U.S. poultry flocks. Gary Crawford for the U.S. Department of Agriculture. As low water levels limit movement
0: across the Panama Canal, a potential solution is in the works to mitigate the effects of future droughts. The canal's board of directors have submitted a proposal to the Panamanian government to advance the process of pursuing a set of solutions. The proposal calls for defining the canal's watershed and modifying or expanding the limits established in the 2006 law, as well as eliminating some restrictions on the canal for the construction of new reservoirs. Panamanian authorities have long sought a solution to increase the supply of fresh water to the canal, which would allow them to avoid future restrictions on its capacity during dry seasons. A potential project involves the construction of a multi-purpose reservoir on the Indio River. Meanwhile, canal authorities are also working on short term solutions to improve freshwater supply to the canal's locks. One of them involves the construction of a new raw intake in Gamboa as well as an abduction line to connect Gamboa to Paraiso.
1: We're thrilled to announce the North Valley Nut Conference taking place on January 31st at the Silver Dollar Fairgrounds in Chico, California. Held in conjunction with UC Cooperative Extension, this is a golden opportunity for professionals in the tree nut industry. Network with our exhibitors and sponsors who are committed to success in your orchards. Earn valuable continuing education units and expand your knowledge on latest industry trends. Listen to expert speakers share valuable insights and practical advice. Attendance is filling up fast, so visit myaglife.com events and register today. That's myaglife.com events.
0: Our My Ag Life platform includes podcast interviews and digital articles for busy professionals on the go. Our live events, continuing education webinars, and virtual conferences help growers connect with leading researchers and industry leaders. Let JCS Marketing help you connect.